It's Brian Anthony from the Office of Student Life and Leadership in the booth. Welcome to another episode of Hill Talks. Each episode, we will bring you an inspiring message to help improve your leadership skill set. Everyone can always use leadership tips, so we hope that you get something out of it. We're live in the booth. Today's topic focuses on new aspects of leadership, featuring some of campus's most prominent leaders from a student and professional lens. Hi there, my name is Annie Lynn Dean. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am a community director within Carolina Housing here on campus. Good morning, I'm Kayla Vallette. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am the Senior Director for Residential Education here at Carolina Housing. Let's kick it. Wonderful. Um, Thank you both for joining us, especially as we are in these pandemic times and crisis just seems to be everywhere. Um, I thought, who better to talk to about crises than folks who work in housing? especially just like the nature of the position more so like as you as you're closer with students like at the community director position but like i'm assuming also that crises look different um as you advance and like have like higher levels of leadership um so definitely thankful to have you all um on here and to share your expertise and your experiences and stuff um so we always like to start these podcasts off with um, a question for our guests of how do you all define leadership well, I'll start. Um, I I always start with the word authenticity. I think that that is um, my sort of code word for leadership because I think that leadership really has to start within oneself. And so whatever it means to be authentic to your true self is what is gonna show up when you are leading a group. People are gonna expect that you are giving them information, can provide a sense of calm, a sense of um, understanding of what their roles are, and a sense of, a, you know, really competency in understanding your role. And I think that that comes from the ability to understand yourself first. Mm. Um, I think also, for me, it comes to recognizing the potential of those that you're working with as well, um, which is exactly what Kayla was saying there, um, but also being able to see the value in, number one, the person before you're starting to handle, whether it be a crisis or trying to inspire change, something like that, um, but being able to see the basic human value that someone brings to the team, um, I think allows, at least in my experience, me to center who that person is before I focus on what they're producing or how we're responding because if I can't see their value how can I then lead them with what they like whatever inspires them um, or motivates them how can I lead them if I don't see the value that they're bringing to my team hmm. I like both of those things that's so I feel like those are actually two um, new definitions that we haven't heard before um, in relation to other episodes of the of the podcast so values and authentic authenticity excuse me um, but with that though so with those two things how then in terms of like crisis management, are you able to um, weave in your own individual definitions of leadership um, kind of like into when you're in crisis mode or like what what characteristics should a leader demonstrate um, when dealing with crisis? That's a great question. Um, I think for me, so as a community director, we typically are the ones, it's typically the resident advisors that start with the response to a crisis and then we are the next um, next line of response, you could say, I suppose. Um, And so with that, I think it's being able to pause and again, going back to recognizing the value of the situation, I may perceive it to be a 100% crisis where we're going to start going through our processes and procedures, or it may be some crisis that I may not consider a crisis, but how am I still 
going to shift my perspective to see that value in the crisis or that value of that human life? And how do I go into those moments and allow myself to see, okay, this is a critical life event for this person. Um, and how am I going to go in with an open heart, be empathetic and show up as my authentic self, as Kayla was saying, um, with truly centering that person first. Um, I think so often, um, even myself, I catch myself going in and being like, okay, I need to follow this X, Y, Z process. Um, and some of our RAs also identify with that as well after talking with them. Um, but what is it to slow down and just center that human in the moment? Um, mm. That's how I would start that. Um, but also then as a leader, it's finding that connection because so often it's your first time engaging with this student or with this crisis as an RA is responding to it. And so how do you um, take the time to develop those authentic connections with the students? You may only have five to 30 minutes with them, but how is that going to shift um, their entire Carolina experience moving forward? Um, those are two I would say, but there's plenty more. <laughs> I love that. I think um, all of those are really important. And as Annie was speaking, it kind of was helping me to understand a little bit about um, how I would like to respond to this question. And I think that um, what, I'm just thinking of this current crisis. And I think one of the things that's important is for leaders to acknowledge how they're feeling through the process mm. and being okay with sharing that. Um, I think sometimes being able to say you don't know what's coming next and that you're helping others to prepare, but that you're also trying to prepare yourself shows some vulnerability. And going back to being authentic, I think being able to be vulnerable in spaces where folks are looking for direction, but also recognizing that it may not be a clear path is really important. Mm. And I think that even the conversation around crisis is is kind of hard because like in the moment, like crisis can just kind of like happen, right? Like clearly even with this pandemic, mm -hmm. um, specifically in like the United States context, like, you know, it had, like we had a, a large, what's the word I'm looking for? Not example, a lot of cases, there we go, um, in Washington yeah. state, right? And then boom, widespread, you know, over the United States crisis is often like it just comes um so in those in those moments where you don't necessarily see it coming and this isn't necessarily a, a question that i prepared for you all but it just came to me with your responses like how how do you how do you flip the switch from like everything's fine to like everything's not and like what does that do like to you as a leader slash like how do you just handle that in the moment yeah i think it shifts with each crisis i think for this one specifically um, right, like spring break, we sent all of our student leaders, all of our students, all of our staff home, and it was, okay, we'll see you when you get back. We're really excited. Um, and then throughout that time, it was, okay, things are completely shifting, and the reality that we may not be able to have everyone come back to campus um, hit. And I think for me, I didn't respond well initially. Um, it was, okay, I'm losing all of these students and all of these staff members. How do I manage my emotions and like utilize that emotional intelligence to recognize my emotions but also the impact that it's going to have on our residents our staff our leaders and how do you effectively share that information with without completely being like well that's just how it is right because essentially that yeah. is but we need to share okay this is what's happening and what needs now exist for you um hmm. but I don't 
I think it can be really hard. You have to truly manage your emotions. And then for me, I don't know that this is necessarily healthy, but for me, it's after the moment. How are you going to process through um, what you need personally? Because for me, it's like the servant leadership leadership aspect of I want to serve you first and I want to take care of you first and then let me manage the back end feelings that I may have after that conversation um but in the moment it's how can I take care of you and how are we going to manage the like collective emotions together um at least in this most recent example I would say Mm -hmm. yeah and I would agree with that I think there's a lot of after the fact processing that's required in every single crisis that um the challenge is taking time to, uh, you know, take, take moments to really go through that process as Annie was talking about. And sometimes you don't get um, structured time to do that because you're on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and our work just moves so quickly and it's constantly in motion. And so if we don't take an opportunity to say, okay, well, how did I, um, you know, to reflect on how did I process that? How did I, you know, perform in a way that I'm proud of? And then how did I maybe not perform in a way that I'm proud of so that I can take that lesson moving forward to the next situation? And, you know, I would say that we are probably in crisis mode outside of this pandemic daily Mm -hmm. in this work. Um, And maybe it's not always a crisis as termed, um, but it's problem solving. And so a part of problem solving, I think, is, is you know, getting through one situation and recognizing that you're doing the best you can with the information that you have and the resources that you have and the state of mind that you're in in that moment, but we're all human. And so how do we then take that information and, and process it and then build to the next one? Mm. Yeah, and I think you both... Um kind of touched on the importance of reflection um and like sometimes again like you go from one crisis to another one situation to another and we don't have the time to really think about your handling um whether it be positive or negative um and just like how that's going to continue how can you develop from those situations um and so for you all can you think of a time where um there was a a crisis or a larger issue um, that you feel like you personally didn't handle um, to the best of your ability and kind of like what that process was like for you all? Well, I'll just start out by saying I probably feel like that more often than not (laughs) in in all authenticity and realness um, in that there are every situation that I face as a leader um, often feels like I could have done it differently. I could have done it better. And so part of that is maybe more personal and trying to recognize that I'm still growing in the, in not only this role, but as a person. And so I'm not, I won't speak to a specific example because I, I think that um, most of the things that hit um, my level probably are more confidential in nature um, as to how it develops. But I will say that there are times when I've looked back and said, mm, Kayla, you know, you jump too quickly on that one, or you probably should have waited for more information before you shared um, the next steps. Or I think, you know, even to Annie's comment about our student leaders, like I have, I have really uh, spent a lot of time processing 
you know, how to have gone about communication um, with our sort of most valued, you know, and treasured asset of our team in a better way um, to ensure that their ability to understand their value, but also understand the critical nature of what we're trying to manage needs to be more carefully uh, presented. And I think um, sometimes in a crisis, you're just trying to put fires out. Yeah. Um, but what you don't recognize is if you're not careful as to how you put those fires out, you're still gonna have you know, smoldering kind of places that are likely likely to reignite without intention because you're not taking the time to really make sure that you're thinking about all of the impact and all of the pieces. And so I would say in probably all of the situations that I've managed, there's been some level of pulling back a bit and thinking about how I could have thought about it differently in a way that would have um, been a little bit more uh, careful. Um, but with that, I'll also say that I think that's part of the processing and the learning and the recognition that sometimes the most important part of being a leader is to be able to say where you maybe should have gone differently. So sometimes it's just, it, it is very valuable to say, you know, we, we apologize or we, or I, you gotta own it, right? I apologize, here's where I erred. And here's where I'd like to, you know, reinstitute a, in a foundation of trust. Um, let's go back a bit. Let's go back and um, get more information. Let's try to understand a little bit more about what you all need from me as a leader so that I can better present how to work through this problem and we can work through it as a team versus me putting it out there and saying, this is what we need to do. And I think that when times allow for that, that's when I really think that the team shows up strongest is to just say, you know, uh-oh, we maybe need to go back a bit and I need your help. And to say that as a leader, to say, I need your help or to say, I'm sorry, or to say, I erred in this way, I think is goes a long way in leadership. Um, I totally agree with everything Kayla said. And I think that's something that I really admired about um, her leadership within our team, even this year of just how often she's willing to take a moment to hear those who she's leading's perspectives and what their needs are. Um, like, I can't think of a time where she hasn't done that. Like she consistently does that um, and always takes time to own things. If she's like, yep, I didn't do it, which I think then encourages me as a supervisor to be able to do that with my team. Um, so thank you for that, Kayla. Um, but thank yeah, you, Annie. Um, I think, yeah, for me, um, so a crisis that I haven't handled, that I've handled poorly in my life, um, I think there are a, there's a growing list every year, more and more added to it. Um, but I think similar to what Kayla was saying, the recognition of the value of humans and how we are imperfect beings, I think is something that I often go back to whenever I handle a crisis, because yes, there's always a process that we can handle. And that may be going through completely perfectly. Of Yes, that went well, that went well, that went well. But then at the end, it's, oh, I could have engaged with that person more, or I could have ask more questions to get to the next level piece that they might be experiencing. Um, so I'm going to choose one that's not specifically from Carolina. I'm going to choose a prior institution just for confidentiality reasons. Yeah, there. for sure. Um, but when I was actually an RA, um, we had a situation where um, there was a man who was experiencing homelessness and one of our students 
thought, took it upon themselves that that man was in a crisis. And so they thought, let me handle this crisis by allowing this person to come and like remain in my room overnight. My roommate's not here. It's not a crisis for her. This is going to be fine. Um, the next day, the crisis had expanded to then um, parents got involved, other stakeholders at the institution got involved, and everyone perceived this crisis very differently. And it was me as the RA, not really having experience with this before of how do I handle this? Um, and so um, a lot of things happened that day, a lot of conversations. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it was really, um, I could have had stronger conversations with some of those who were involved that were kind of attacking this student who had brought this man in of, yes, you're not allowed to do that. But let's, let's not yell and blame this person who saw a different crisis and was trying to handle that and just, mm. again, see the value in what human life is and try and take care of someone. Um, and instead, it was handled very much procedurally, which is important, but how do you then follow up with someone? And so I think that has influenced now that I've gone through grad school and now in a professional role of the importance and value in follow up. And what does that mean? It's not just a, oh, how are you? Like, are you fine? But no, in every moment, we need to take the crisis and see who all was impacted by that. And that it's, they're all going to have separate experiences, even if it was two roommates in the same situation where their room was flooded. Two people are going to have very different experiences with that as well. Um, and so for me, it's really going back down to what is this person experiencing and how can we ensure um, that they can move forward from that in a positive way of, yes, it may be a critical life event but that doesn't have to be the end of your story, whether it was a positive um, ending experience or if you're being held accountable for an action that you maybe should not have done that didn't abide by the policies that you agreed to follow. Um, but that doesn't mean um, that there's not growth and meaning that can come from that moment. And I think you both brought up a really good point about um, the importance of understanding different viewpoints um, based, on a, based on a given situation, um, because what, what I want out of a situation um, to have be completely different uh, than the roommate in the situation um, who's bringing this person in. And when Annie was talking, I like automatically think about like relationships and how like there are like, there's conflict or there's like problems that arise, like whether it be like romantic or just like friendships or whatever family. Um, and like how, how it's tough to navigate those different situations um, based on like the different perspectives that like people bring to the table. Um, but also like how the people involved like handle things differently. And so to wrap up, kind of what are some ways that leaders can prevent conflicts from like crises? So like, I know that we talked about how sometimes you can't really see things coming and then boom, like it's a larger scale issue. But like, what are some preventative measures that folks can take when they notice maybe like smaller things that um, can then lead to larger things um, down the road if not taken care of? Well, I think in the processing of a crisis, it's always important to recognize that every situation is different because every, like every person that's a part of the situation is going to bring their own kind of background and perspective and experiences. So I think one of the things that housing does exceptionally well is to create procedures and protocols. And Annie's kind of talked to that. And I think that's housing in any yeah. department. There's, we go through so much training about in this situation, do this. And in this situation, do that. Um, but in reality, when you're faced with a person um, standing you know, in front of you, 
that person is bringing their experiences and their needs and those things might need to shift what what you then do and even though you want to follow the protocol it's important to recognize that there are pieces from that experience that should maybe influence moving forward what the protocol looks like so i think part of preventing it is the processing and then being really open as a person who just facilitated like the problem solving with leadership about what was what went well what didn't go well how maybe the protocol might need to be rethought a bit or it maybe it was great and it went perfectly fine and it went in schedule to go but in some cases i think what we find is that some situations require us to relook at our practices in a way that we have it before. And I think that's part of the growth of student affairs is every group of students is, is going to present a different set of um, circumstances and maybe even uh, opportunities for us to finesse our understanding of how to both support the student through the process, but also recognize what, you know, why the underlying policy or procedure is there. And so looking at both of those things and making sure that we are nimble and flexible when we need to be. Um, and, and then I would also say in that same light, uh, some things, it's not that the whole policy or practice needs to be relooked. It may be that we need to reconsider um, what our communication looks like to students so that they have a different expectation of what we bring into a, um, a crisis. So I think a lot of planning, but I think a lot of reflection that allows for um, leadership to really think carefully about why we do the things that we do so that we're not just doing the same thing over and over again, just because it's in a book <laughs> somewhere, because it was created in a book somewhere because of something that happened previously, but some of the elements of those things change. They constantly change and we need to be able to adapt um, so that we can best serve our students. I think also something that I've learned um, with being a supervisor of student staff over the past um, few years, but especially this year in my first year as a professional, it's um, recognizing the importance of just taking time. Um, so often we have lots of things to cover where it's you're just kind of going through the motions trying to get to the next thing. Um, but taking the time to realize crises are stressful for all three of us, but then to think, what does that mean when a peer is having to hold another peer accountable or engage in a really serious mental health crisis? That can be really stressful and impactful. And so um, taking time to connect and prepare with my student staff prior to something happening, but then also post that happening because, right, like perspective is a product of experience. So their perspective of how that one situation went, if I don't follow up and say, okay, this is what went well or how can we improve, similar to what Kayla was saying, then their perspective of that experience is gonna shift every time and how do we create um, some type of ability to allow them to feel like they have the autonomy um, and the skills to handle those things rather than every time questioning, am I able or am I like enough to be able to handle this situation? Um, and then also I, I think about facility concerns a lot as well because I seem to always get floods and other pieces. Um, <laughs> but the recognition of, and we've all three of us have talked about this throughout um, this podcast, but the importance of also developing meaningful relationships, I think is something that's huge because if I don't know yeah, who the absolutely. next person is, or if I don't have a relationship with Kayla, how can I 
have a conversation with her of like, hey, I think that this might need to shift. Or how can she come to me and be like, oh, Annie, mm-hmm. like, mm, you did not handle this well. Okay, if I don't have a prior relationship, that may then shift my perspective of, okay, well, I don't want to handle any of these because I'm never going to be able to do it, right? Um, but how yeah. do we um, yeah. really center, again, the human before the product? Um, yeah, I really liked your uh, perspective as a product of experiences. I'm going to have to steal that. You may see it on my Twitter timeline uh, in the next five minutes. <laughs> I feel like um, I love that too. I was yeah. like, well, it's not, I can't remember when I heard it, but yeah, great. Like, that's so true. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll quote you though. You know, I'm just, I'm not just going to take it. <laughs> yeah, we can I give like Annie credit. And then second quotation for me, not because I feel like, like, uh, like you, know, <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, any That's last right. words or any small plugs for um, Carolina housing or anything before we close out? I mean, I just want to say thank you for allowing us the opportunity to participate in this. Um, I, I think it's housing is always seen as a constant moving machine that is managing crises. But in truth, you know, we all do it like you, you, you had such a beautiful analogy to the relationships that we have and Annie spoke to that as well. We are working through conflict on a daily basis, whether that's inside our homes in a pandemic or at work and um, trying to figure out how to you know, show our best selves at work. And so I think that um, this topic in particular is so important and I really appreciate you allowing us to be a part of it. No problem, thanks for, thanks for agreeing to do it. Check back with us for another discussion on leadership and even more amazing in-studio guests. It's Brian Anthony, live from the booth. Peace.